never, 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 never land of impatience. Impatience is where all visions and dreams of God go to die. Hmm? They'll die in the land of impatience. Amen. We need to understand that we have an inheritance with God. And um, we're not just looking at what he can do for us and what he can give to us. But we're looking at his plan for us. His plan includes that we would inherit certain things uh, from him. Uh, inheritance, <clears throat> we know uh, for just in, in uh, normal understanding of what an inheritance is, any inheritance has a set time for its release into the heir's life. Amen? There is a set time for the release of your inheritance in your life. In order for an inheritance, now the, the person who is leaving the estate is the one who determines the terms of your inheritance. You don't get to determine it. Amen? So it's... Uh, um, a, a thing where you know you have certain things, you're entitled to certain things, or certain things have been granted to you, but the release of them, the control of them, how they're um, invested in your life, how they're utilized in your life, is a a decision that only God can make. Got me? It's 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 up to Him, but He shares with us certain of His plans, certain of His. Um, uh, ideas and so forth and so on and so it all has to kind of work together in that your life is not just for you anymore but your life is orchestrated by God 100 percent my my understanding is I've, I've grown in understanding God that the, the amount I do understand I do know that it's better to let God have full control than to give a little bit over, you know, don't let him have to twist your arm to get you to see the light and get you to see that his way is the best way. Because most of us come into the kingdom of God from the land of lack. Got me? I know when I was growing up, there was never enough of anything anywhere. You know, every our neighbors were poor. We were poor. Everybody, we kind of lived, if you lived paycheck to paycheck, you were pretty well off. Because, you know, by the time the, uh, what they say about the ends, the ends never meet. Amen. And so <laughs> the ends kind of never met. And, uh, you know, if you go from one, one, uh, uh, family to the next this family one ran short and borrowed five dollars from that family and they ran short borrowed five dollars from the next neighbor we kept borrowing that same five dollars back and that that time five dollars was a lot of money amen and so you lack was was what was accepted known if you got a you know like even board you moved That's the way the world operates. Doctors, their best friends are what? Doctors. Lawyers, their best friends are rich people. See more rich people. 
they don't have nothing to do with poor people amen because they graduated from that school of lack but when we come from from the world to god's kingdom we are really graduating from the land of lack now you stepped into a kingdom that is unlimited and abundant in every good thing you know it's there because you sense it's there when you're when you're uh uh born again you feel like you can run the whole world you feel wealth you feel prosperity you just sense it because it's you're in that you live in that place now but then the enemy is constantly pulling at us with thoughts of poverty fears of lack fears of not enough and so he pushes us to be impatient for the things that God has already given us. In fact, he'll tell you you're not getting nothing. He'll he'll convince you you're not entitled to it. So you'll spend your life trying to get something that God's already given you. Got me? See, we need to learn how to function like people of wealth. And I'm going to tell you. The preachers that are preaching it real hard have no clue what it is. Because they're still fighting poverty. You can tell by the way they talk. You can tell by the way they live. People who have wealth and know it don't concern themselves with how to pay bills. How to, they, they develop a faith for it's already taken care of. And never doubt anymore. Now they have a reason to because most of their wealth is in their possession. It's right before them in the tangible realm. But we can do even better than that because ours is in an intangible realm and it's unlimited. See the royal families of the earth are limited to what they possess down here. What land they hold. What wealth, you know, most of them have what they call crown jewels. Very expensive, precious things that they have possession of. But in the day that that disappears, then they're broke. So theirs is limited to what they possess now on earth and what they can get. That's why they go and marry other royal people, you know, or almost royal people. They got to have a certain amount of of possession that's granted to them through generations etc etc but but for the most part if that ever runs out then they're broke and so they're always ensuring what they have by acquiring through marriage more of what other people have as well the ones who are borderline uh, don't get married you see some of that now like the king of monaco he's not married he's got a few kids squandered around here and there because they don't have a lot of wealth there he's not like the queen of england's family you understand what i'm saying and so you'll see them do a lot things like that trying to preserve what they have so it doesn't get squandered and thrown away they're limited to what they have down here on earth but they pretty much live in an assurance that whatever they desire, they can have. And God wants us to start living like that. The difference being, 
we don't have to have it all down here in our possession. You don't have to be a millionaire to be a wealthy person in God's kingdom. You don't have to. You don't have to have uh, bunches of property and all kind of stuff to be a wealthy person in God's kingdom. You just have to be a faithful citizen of the kingdom. You got to understand that his plan for your life is the best plan. I'd rather be in the will of God than to have possessions. And I like stuff. Don't get <laughs> Trust me, as my lady does, but I like, he said, mm, if there's one thing I can say, we got a lot of stuff. I said, told you. That's my job to get us stuff. Huh? <laughs> but after stuff, we, we belong to a kingdom that has a purpose. And we have a purpose in that kingdom. We have a role. We have a function. We have all kinds of things that we really have no knowledge of because this kingdom is new to us. And so we have to do what Jesus said. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So we're learning how to manage our inheritance in God's kingdom. And how to stay away from the never, never land of impatience. Because when you see all of this before you and you get the senses, oh boy, when you know your sins are forgiven, that puts you on cloud nine. Because the one thing that, that hinders us from living in the natural realm, like before you know Christ, is that uncertainty that comes with what if it doesn't work? What if I can't do this? There are great what ifs in your mind. If you notice the difference between the way you thought then and the way you're supposed to be thinking now. Huh? Anything that we desire is possible as long as God has it planned for us. And so we don't have to live in that doubtful place of what if it doesn't work? What if it does Faith takes care of that. And faith has a way of getting you to understand that it is yours. That it is okay to want that. It is okay to desire these things. It is okay. The only caveat here is that faith must have helpers to bring that stuff into your life. And that's where patience comes in. The Bible says it's through faith and patience we inherit the promises. Not faith and desire by itself. Not want, want, want. Gotta, gotta, gotta. Have, have, have. You have to watch your wants. Gotta watch why you want stuff. Because really, if you want something from the wrong, for the wrong reason, when you get it, you'll be painfully aware of it. Oh, it got quiet in here. Huh? The devil loves to do that. keeps you blinded by your lust and your desire and your anxiety, your impatience. He'll keep you blinded by that till you get what it is he's been trying to get you ensnared from. Then it's the great ta-da. <laughs> huh? Now you got to cry out to God for something different. See, before it was, I hope I can hold on until God brings it. Now you got to cry out for something else. Yeah, cry out for you don't know what. Huh? Once you're ensnared, 
you got to wait for somebody to come and help you get out of that. Got me? If you can get yourself out, you never would have gotten in there. Ow! Ooh! That's harsh on Sunday morning. Well, you better put your seatbelt on because I don't know if it's going to get... I mean, I said, this is just an intro. I'd be a nice right up in there. I don't know what y'all going to do next. Huh? This <laughs> is true. Huh? Well, I just have to believe for a miracle. You sure will. You thought living in a patient realm was going to be hard. Wait till you got to get your broken foot out of that, that trap that it's in. Amen. So any inheritance has a set time for its release into the heir's life. The, 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 uh, <clears throat> I guess you can call him the grantor, the one who is granting the inheritance observes the heir for maturity. So you're being observed by God for maturity. Amen. Whole and entire people are those who receive the inheritance. In other words, people who is crackheads, crackpots, nincompoops, idiots, don't get nothing. God matures us in wisdom. Maturity isn't just being able to wait for stuff to happen. It's being able to humbly serve God while you're waiting. That's what maturity is. Maturity is putting your wants aside knowing they are coming not put see when you put them aside and know they're coming you can do anything with joy you can endure any weight with joy as long as you keep in mind it's on the way if you cross that line let the devil start feeding you his nonsense and tell you you ain't getting it who you think you are you ain't gonna never be like that oh don't look at pastor bob trying to pray for people like her because you ain't gonna never do that you're going to do better than I do. You pay attention. Huh? You will. You can. There's no limit on what you can do. So why limit yourself to comparing yourself to earthly people when the example of Christ is before you? Huh? I'm praying that everybody can do better than I can. You know what I'm saying? And my job is complete. Like Moses, he said, what do we think? I want to be the only one prophesy. I wish all y'all could hear from God. Why are you down there worshiping a golden calf? It's all about what you pay attention to. Huh? It is. What gets your attention makes all the difference in the world. So when God begins to train us to receive our inheritance, we are trained in service and then we receive our inheritance. As you are faithful in service, you receive your inheritance. Your inheritance is something that will not come by flesh and blood. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 Verse 9, 
Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind, thieves, covetous, all that kind of stuff. So flesh and blood, in other words, and the activities that come from the carnal man will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that includes impatience. So impatience will not inherit the kingdom of God. There's no place for faith to abide in impatience. Amen. So it's by faith that everything that we need from God will come to us. And faith, impatience always dampens faith. It puts it out. Impatience will cause you, you know, my dad had a saying, he had a lot of sayings, you know. I don't know why all of a sudden I've started to quote him, but <laughs> but he he would say, "Yeah, same old story. I'm a day late and a dollar short." Huh? This is this is the mark of impatience. You miss things by a day and a dollar. Huh? In other words, you can get by your faith. You can get that close to your inheritance, and you're just a day. You see what I'm saying? You're always a day away. You're always a a little bit of money short of what it is that you need for your inheritance in God. And so when we understand how close we are to receiving the full inheritance and not receiving a counterfeit, not receiving a snare, not receiving more trouble, The Bible says the blessings of God make rich and add no sorrow to them. Amen. God does not include sorrow in your plan. There's no plan for that for you. And so when God begins to bless us, he wants to bless us and bless us fully. So flesh and blood will not inherit. So we must learn, in other words, anybody who is leaving their children an inheritance has attached to that not just money but some sense and wisdom with the money for instance if if i am a business person i own maybe a bakery and now it's expanded to two or three and i'm getting close to retirement age i want to leave that to my children i should have been planning for that years ago because you don't just dump a business on somebody who's green and doesn't know it. So part of the inheritance is, and part of the qualification for inheritance is that you learn the business. Amen. And what is the business that we're in as heirs of God? It's the gospel. And everything that the gospel entails. See, this shocks a lot of Christians because they think, oh, I'm just here to come to church and give a little bit and get stuff from God. That's hardly true. You've been drafted into the service of God. You're in the Lord's army. Whether you're functioning or not. I know you don't really know how to use that gun he gave you real well, but you're going to keep working at it till you figure it out. Huh? And so we are drafted into the Lord's servants service and yeah, all things belong to us, but it's not going to be a free carnal ride. In other words, by the time you get stuff, 
you're gonna be so long over lack and so long over you understand what i'm saying you ain't gonna even know what what you got in your closet you understand me because you ain't even focused on that no more because god has to burn that stuff out you gotta pray in your prayer manual say burn away proud flesh that's what's being happened to us through patience and waiting and learning the biz while you're waiting so you must learn the business and i'll i'll give these in more detail number two you have to learn how to manage your inheritance when it comes and it comes in increments from god you know like in in the natural in the natural people people wealthy people get themselves in all kind of trouble with their children the um u-haul family the father was a world war ii veteran and when he there was a housing boom after world war ii and all of these people started to build houses in the suburbs little bungalows they weren't very big but housing was very very big and so he figured out that all of these families needed to have a way to move their goods because they couldn't hire movers and so u-haul became because you haul your own stuff around and that became the business of the 50 60 and it's still around today it would be very strong today except that he made the mistake of distributing the company to his children while he was alive gave it all away they forced him out he had nothing and his kids have almost ruined the business because they didn't know a thing about managing that's why the bible says that a will is in force after the testator has died or testator is dead that's why the new covenant is in force now because jesus died on the cross but the beauty of it is for us he raised up from the dead and lives in us to help us manage things so we don't goof it up nobody else does that with their will once daddy's dead he's dead and we just squandered you know we either run it like you know normal people run it or we blow it all and lose everything but in god's eyes your children should not have full control over their inheritance until you die you know why because it'll break your heart to see what they do with it we don't want to break god's heart when he sees what we do with our inheritance he put his spirit in you he put his life in you he's assured you that all your needs are met period many of us know it if you if you walked any time with god you'll you'll see you got fed even when you was running around mad at everybody huh halfway cussing people out hated all the people in the church etc etc he never not fed you you still had a roof over your head 
so you start scratching your head and say something a little different about this covenant right here huh took me almost forever to figure out how abraham could go down to egypt and tell his wife you know you're my sister which play brother and sister not caring if some other man slept with her as long as he was alive and then when he leaves he gets everybody mad at him in in the country he leaves and the next chapter says and abraham was very rich i said wait a minute now you done pimped your wife and you done got home and you very rich seriously god and I'm here doing the best I can. I'm trying to treat everybody right. They treat me mean. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And I can barely make. <laughs> You've all been there. Whether you admit it or not. You have peeped over in somebody else's life. And tried to tell God how to do his job. <laughs> it gets you in more trouble. And I, you know, I read that passage for a long time. I mean, years. And as soon as I quit being mad at God for giving the man, huh? And God showed me, he said, look at what I told him. He said, I will make your name great. I will make you wealthy. I will give you. He said, I did it because I told him I'd do it. See, the best way to get you to stop sinning is for God to bless you right in the middle of where you don't think you deserve it. Huh? I'm telling you, everything he has for us is on a schedule. It's timed. If he needs to make you feel real bad about what you do so you can quit, he knows how to time it. He knows how to get us to quit playing around with the devil. You got me? He knows how to do these things. You couldn't do it yourself for anything. So he teaches us how to manage our inheritance. That's number one. Two, number three, he teaches us maturity. Four, he teaches us discipline. Five, he teaches us how to use our abilities to maintain and add to our inheritance. So it ever increases. And number six, he teaches us how to give so that we will have something to pass on to others. Others can be our heirs, our natural heirs. They can be our spiritual heirs, our brothers and sisters in the Lord, all of that. Amen. So turn to James chapter five, please. We'll go over that scripture and talk to you a little bit about the effect of patience on the human heart just so you'll know the definition of an heir an heir is someone who is entitled by law to receive a share of the deceased's property so jesus died in our place so we're entitled to receive our share Hebrews 6.15 tells us that we received the promise when we patiently endured. So patience is always figured in to inheritance law. 
James 5 and verse 8 says, Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draws nigh. So be patient, establishing your heart. Verse 7, it says there, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. So you have to understand, too, that you can't, like, give up on Christianity. You can't give up on what God has for you because the Lord is going to return for his people. And it's not over until he returns and says it's over. He says, behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. So be patient like that. Put Keep that in your mind and establish your hearts. Patience establishes your heart. In other words, if you're married and your spouse has some little habits that you don't like, you know, you can say, well, honey, could you, could you do so-and-so and such-and-such? And, and they may not do it. Or they may do it, quit. Keep up with the bad habit. They might give you some back talk. Tell you they ain't going to do nothing. Then they wind up doing it. You get all kinds of responses when you are in relationship with someone. But you can't run to divorce court because they don't pick up after themselves. What is wrong with y'all? Well, not only that, but you got a roommate. Huh? What are you going to do? You can quit. You going to keep breaking the lease and running off after a month of living with somebody that don't clean up after themselves, pick up after themselves, or are you going to have patience with them and trust that they are hearing you? Amen. And that you have a common goal that is clean living. Now, if clean living don't turn you on, you just go to the, we'll have another scripture you could maybe relate to in a minute. Gee, like pulling teeth with people sometimes. Huh? The point of the matter is, God has long patience with us to get us to break these crazy carnal habits that we have. Running up in his face. Well, God win. When am I, when am I going to get, when is this coming? When is it, how come I don't have it yet? Like it's nothing wrong with you. Huh? What'd you do with the last thing he gave you? You don't even remember it. Huh? What he gives us cost him his life. See, we forget things like that in the day-to-day squandering of. Because we think so carnal-minded sometimes when it comes to the things that we feel we desire. After a while, we get desperate. You keep, instead of getting in the word and getting reassured every day, 
I heard, I got your order, ma'am. I wrote it down. I'm making it in the kitchen. If you want fast food, go to McDonald's. We're talking inheritance here. And it's on the way. That's not good enough for some people. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, God, why? Huh? That little thing right there is why? Huh? That's for those of us who even bother to ask God. There's some people, Christians, don't even bother to ask God. They just run off and just all over the place. I'm talking about people who want their inheritance, who understand the wealth that is theirs if they'll obey God. You understand what I'm saying? The things that God will easily put into our hands if we will but trust him. So patience establishes your heart. That means it keeps your heart faithful to God and faithful to the things that he's given you responsibility over. He's, he makes you, he, he gets your heart established in certain things. The desire for them, the desire to take care of them, the desire to make sure they're distributed properly, the desire for the right thing all the time. I was going through some things. I was looking in a pole barn. I told God, I said, God, I repent of all the stuff that's here rusting. That's not, you understand what I'm saying? Now I could blame y'all for it. Yeah, laugh. Cause everybody in here promised they was going to come and t- that, that barn belongs to the church. You promised you was going to come and take care of it with me. And I have seen ghosts. So y'all need to repent too for not doing your part, caring for God's things. See, the more we can be responsible like that, the more you can clear the road for you to get stuff in your life, which is very important to everybody here. I just know it is. It's important to me too. But there comes a time when you got to own stuff. You got to be responsible. You got to understand the responsibility that comes with inheriting something that somebody had to give their life to put in your possession. In God's eyes, it's not just stuff. But this is the kingdom that cannot be moved and cannot be shaken. This is the kingdom that takes care of you all the time, whether you're faithful or not. This is the kingdom that follows you. I know people walked away from churches mad at everybody having darkened a church door in years and they still have a roof over their heads. They still have bread on the table. Some of them living in cars. You understand what I'm saying? But they're still being cared for by God. So you you live in that kind of kingdom. What would you give to be a citizen of that kind of kingdom? Should be able to give you life. You should not hesitate to say, God, sign me up. What do I do? And live that way every day. Not just sometimes. You know, I know y'all think I don't have nothing better to do. Oh, Pastor Barb, she didn't start talking that she didn't got old. Now she's talking all out her head about, huh? I was crazy like this when I was first saved. I scared everybody and I didn't care. Huh? I told if I knew people was borderline saved in my family, I prayed the sinner's prayer with them. I talked to them about Jesus all the time. 
When I finally was satisfied they were saved, I let up off of them. But I was determined that I was going to pay God back for what he'd done for me. I was nothing when he, I couldn't even function and take care of myself. You think I really care about stuff now? Or ever cared about stuff? You know, people say things like, well, you know, what did you want to do when you were little? I couldn't think. I knew, I knew I had, I I would always say, oh, I want to go to college. People say, well, what about married? I said, well, well, you want to have kids? Well, and recently God told me why I never had an answer for them. He said, you are not going to live. To see anything beyond going to college had you not received me. He said the devil's tried to kill you continually since you've been here. So when I would think I would see, I'd see a big black something. And I could never go beyond a certain place in my life with hope and dreams and aspirations. I had none of that. Because it was never offered to me. Unless I accepted Christ. So from that point on, it's been all his. You understand me? I can't even manufacture wanting to do something beyond serving God. Because I was not going to be here. You understand that? And when you know that, and when God gives you clear understanding of that, then you quit feeling bad about things you never got. And you start being joyful about what you do have. You understand me? There's a place where you just got to get real about this is a real kingdom. This is a real job in God. This thing is 100% real. And you have to understand what's available to you and what's not available to you. How I got married, I don't know. You understand what I'm saying? That's just, that was just some reality. <laughs> that was just my reality I had to live in. But it wasn't like I was sitting, you know, in, in Pastor Shirley would play dolls and be so happy with her dolls and not look at them dolls. And just couldn't get into a whole, whole lot of stuff. And she's been a wonderful mother since she was 19 years old. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, those things are just in some people. I didn't have that. But God gave me what he wanted me to have. That's what he wanted for her. He had to give me what he wanted for me. He needs insane women down here. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Who could straighten crazy men out and straighten crazy women out. (laughs) You got to know who you are. And you have to be established and satisfied in your heart that you are doing what God wants you to do. Amen. You can't lament about what you don't have and what you do. I would love to have been a mother. It just couldn't fit into all the stuff, all the hell I had to go through to keep my life. You understand what I'm saying? So what are you going to do? You're going to pout about it forever? You're going to go on and serve God. So I serve him according to what he has called for me to do. And that's what you all should do too. Do as much as you can of whatever God puts in your heart to do. 
be happy to do it for him. Do it for his glory. Amen. Don't go through life with some crazy checklist of borrowed dreams from somebody else's nonsense. You understand what I'm saying? Stay in your own plate. You know, stay in your, you know, just be you. You do you. Amen. So Hebrews 6.12, if you go there. It says, verse 11, verse 10, it says, you know, it says, for God is not unrighteous. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forgotten that you've been obedient once. (laughs) A week. Okay, a day. For those of you hyper, hyper people. For the super faithful. No, religion is funny. You can be doing the right things in the flesh and your heart's all tied up. God's looking at your heart. He sees everything. He says, he is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name. In that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. That's just not to the saints, but whatever God gives you to do. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end that you be not slothful but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God so faith by itself is very weak because faith will give you the impression that because faith is now it's a now it's a present spiritual force when i say now what i mean is that when you receive something by faith you get the inner knowledge or the inner impression that you possess it already that you possess it now but when you look out in the natural and you don't see it it can be a bummer for you so when you look out with your faith and you don't see it What do you need to keep you believing that it's yours? You need some helpers. You need patience, number one, to help your faith to understand what it just saw is real and what it just saw belongs to you, but it's on a schedule that it's going to arrive on time, intact, nothing missing, nothing broken, with no sorrow added to it. So God will continually remind us of the purpose of our faith. Your faith is there to help you possess what it is that you desire so that you don't have that feeling of emptiness on the inside of you. So faith comes to feel the emptiness in our longing for things. So faith will help you to feel as though you have something in the natural before you have it. And if you allow God to help you work with the reality of faith, you'll prefer living that way. 
that's his desire for all of us to prefer that we prefer living by faith than living by the accumulation of things in the natural. Accumulation of natural things means you have to manage them. You don't want to get over your head in management because most of us just want to use stuff and, and for a minute and then don't take care of it. Say amen, somebody. Any inheritance has to be managed. Patience is a perfecter of our faith. James 1, 4 tells us Let's go there. <clears throat> Verse two: Count it all joy when you grow, go in, when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this: that the trying of your faith works patience. Your faith is tried through time. Your faith is time. How long can you hold on to it? How long can you believe? How long can you still get up every morning and bless God and thank God for things and not see what it is that you've been waiting for? Um, How long? So your faith is tested over time. Other than that, it would be magic. Amen. So we don't live in the land of illusion. We live in the land of of the kingdom of God. And that's a, a land that lives by faith. He says, but let patience have her perfect work or maturing work or perfecting work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. So if God gave us everything we were asking for immediately, we would still be lacking even though we'd have everything we think we want. Did you get it? I'm going to say it again. If we would still, if God gave us everything when we wanted it, we would still be lacking even though we have everything we want. Why? Because we haven't factored in that patience is what God is trying to work into us. Even though we don't know, we can't understand the meaning of this. You don't have to understand it. But patience really is what people need to stay saved beyond the level of their trial, beyond the level of their lack, beyond the level of disappointments, death of loved ones, even when you were believing for a healing. huh? Patience is what is going to carry you in faith to every destination you have to get to in life. We've been, I guess, not fed the whole concept People were so anxious to get people to believe that God wanted to bless them. We've oversold faith and undersold the rest of the fruit of the Spirit. That's the fruit. That's the other eight fruit of the Spirit are just as worthy as faith is to teach about. Because what you do when you really go in the Bible instead of buying other people's tapes and books and listening to them on the, you know, the free, you know, we think we're getting something rich because it's free on YouTube. Huh? Sometimes you're just being propagandized.
So what we've done is oversold faith and undersold the other fruit of the Spirit. But when you go in the Bible for yourself and you start looking up faith and faith and faith and one day you just put on the brakes and say, no, wait a minute. This could be why I don't give everything instantly. This could be why. You understand what I'm saying? And then you find add to your faith. And there's a list of about eight more things you got. I say, wait a minute, hold it. Faith people don't put that on their tapes. They wouldn't sell them if they put the full truth on there. Many of them don't teach on how your faith is tested. They'll just teach you if you confess the word. You'll get it. You'll get it at some point. I am healed. I am healed. (laughs) If you want to beat somebody up. Uh, I'm confessing. Why am I not possessing? Huh? True. Listen, you'll go farther in relationship than you will in doctrine and dogma. You know, doctrine is steps and formulas. If you do this, God will do that. If you'll do this, God will do that. God's not like that. He's personhood. He's God. Amen. He has to be related to. If you can get understanding from God, you're way ahead of the guy that gets his stuff with the steps and formulas. Because one day those steps, following those steps, he's going to bump into God. Everybody does. You'll bump into the author of those steps. Huh? And you're going to have to deal with him. And you're going to find out he's not some robot that you would just do some steps and formulas and please him. Huh? He'll reveal to you his heart. He'll say, I love you. And you say, really? Now, now excuse me if I'm, I'm insulting y'all, but I've done that. I said, I never really thought about that. After I know Jesus died on the cross for my sins, that's doctrine. Anybody can recite that. But if you're going to live in that, you're going to have to have up close and personal relationship with him. See, it'll keep us, you know what it'll do? It'll keep us from condemning people who were missionaries and and preachers that lived off scraps and quit calling them ignorant and saying they must have had something these jokers over here don't have because they're demanding money we don't have as a church to even come and darken our doorstep. See, I'd rather deal with the missionary with the pure heart who can live off scraps then they have to invite the wealthy preacher that needs an entourage and a ten-figure paycheck from the church before he'll even show up. It's cheaper. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you ain't got no more sense than but dollars and cents, 
on the dollars and cents basis it's cheaper i'd rather take a gamble on this guy that don't want a whole lot and see what he's got loving god will cause you to do those things loving god will cause you to to pack up and go somewhere and not care if you have money on the other end when you get there if you know god wants you to get there you could what do you mean reverend so-and-so don't love god i don't know i don't know the condition of his heart but i know what impresses me as far as somebody who wants who appreciates the death of jesus christ in their life every day see if you appreciate that you you don't put conditions on what you'll do to obey him and serve him there are no conditions you just get up and do you don't set the conditions he sets them Luke 8.15 tells us the husbandman brings forth fruit with patience. The fruit is the fruit of your prayers, the fruit of your life. Everything that God has slated is your inheritance. If you're a faithful husbandman is somebody who tends his garden. Not somebody who just plants and then one day expects to go out and see everything nice and all in a row. No weeds, no no bugs. Huh? I remember having a garden for a, a period of time. I had one at the house I had in Detroit, and then for a while I had one here in Cleveland. It's too much work. You understand what I'm saying? Now I saw all the neighbors that was growing stuff looking better than mine. I could just go get it for a few dollars. So I said, let me, let me help this brother out. <laughs> help myself. And and so I remember going out in the garden one day, and I saw, I was looking at a tomato. And I said, that's an odd-looking tomato. I said, it has some little, it looked like it had a couple of bruises or something on it. On closer inspection, it was one of them worm things. You know, they look just like, I said, well, you flipped him off there in the name of jesus i don't know where he went he probably went right right on the next tomato huh and the lord told me he said i want my people to tend their prayers like that he said every seed you sow every prayer you play pray is a is planted in your life He said, and I want you to be aware and cognizant of how those prayers are going. Inspect them. Ask me how things are going. Take it, take an interest in it, in other words. He says, because you'll find that there are things growing in that garden that shouldn't be there. The enemy goes, you know, it even says that in the word. When when you, the, the parable of the seed and the sower, the garden was sown in, in an overnight, Weeds sprung up. And what did the gardener say? He says an enemy has done this. So we don't plant the weeds. The devil puts them in your garden. I'm talking about weeds like if you're waiting a long time for something 
After a while, you, you'll start taking away from it. Well, I don't really need all that. Or maybe God wants to bless me with this right here. The devil will always come up to you with something that is almost like what you ask God for at your point of greatest impatience. Huh? It'll have everything but exactly what God wants you to have. And you receive that. And in your heart it's broken because it's, oh, I'm finding out this ain't working like I thought it was going. It was almost what, huh? Missing some essential parts. Huh? It's about trusting God. And trusting what he's, he's giving you. Trust him that he knows what you like and what you don't like. He's not gonna trick you and give you something you don't like after all. Huh? Something you're gonna be disappointed with. You know, the worst thought in the world to have is to pray and ask God for something. And then when you think about it later, well, yeah, girl, God, I, I really want that, but I don't want this and I don't want that and I don't want. Would God do that to you? See, you got to know him well enough for your mind to be settled and you don't have all them but I don't wants in your conversation. Huh? Well, God, I want to get married, but I don't want no husband that's going to You don't really want to be married. Huh? Because if he got skin on him, he going to want something. And I don't know what other kind of husbands y'all be thinking about. But You know, sometimes we we have more patience and, and understanding if we get a pet. Go get a goldfish first. You understand what I'm saying? No, seriously. We want everything perfected. That's why God don't send you nothing perfect because you will mess it up the minute it gets in that house. Huh? He lets you invest the time in perfecting it. He lets you invest the prayer. Uh-huh. I moved to Detroit. I had a lady I befriended. She used to come over. Oh, your husband said, now she didn't divorce hers years ago. Okay, case closed. As far as I'm concerned, we ain't even in the same kingdom. And she going to tell me, oh, he's such a nice man. I said, they don't come like that. She's still confused. <laughs> you get it next week sometime. <laughs> huh? Listen, if you're not willing to invest 
to invest in another individual, you don't get nothing out. For all you easily bankrupt people, constantly withdrawing from the relationship, what's bankrupt before you even get married? You understand what I'm saying? You just withdrew and withdrew and withdrew and withdrew. Huh? Female trick number 101. Don't beg a man for everything before you marry him. Because you'll never get to the altar. Because they got a checklist too. Come on now. He's entitled to his checklist. Huh? You get them brothers in there for dinner and assume the position. You got him all up against the wall, patting him down for everything. You don't even have no ring on your finger. Huh? And don't let him pat you down either. Don't tell him you know how to pay your own rent. much time do I have? Woo! I could kill a lot of devils in 20 minutes. Huh? Don't tell him how much you have. Don't tell him where you work. How much you make. Keep them guessing. They start asking like that. Say, Is it time to go to, come on, let's go to dinner. Huh? Or make dinner. I don't care. You understand what I'm saying? But get the conversation out your pocket. And out your bank account. (laughs) And stay off Facebook telling all your business. You know what? I was... I was looking at... uh, uh, Seriously, though, I was looking at one of my bad people. Bad people shows... But uh, this was when MySpace was all the rage. And the woman, she was telling this story many years later. And she was always sitting when she talked. At the end, you found out she was confined to a wheelchair. Her husband had a MySpace account. And he had gotten a settlement from a injury or something like that. And he just started talking about big money, big money, big money. Well, some people they knew went over and and held all the big money people hostage, her children as well, and her husband. And they started to torture her husband, and she just decided she would make a run for it. And that's how it ended. She ran. She survived, but the neighbors heard what was going on and called the police and got them out of that trouble. You understand what I'm saying? There's all kinds of predators on social media, folks. I mean all kinds. Make your comments brief, few, with no dollar amounts involved in anything. You understand what I'm saying? People shouldn't have to know what what you have looking on there. That's why if I put food on there, it's always neck bones and beans. I said, look at my pretty neck bones (laughs) and cornbread. I said, y'all see my pretty neck bones I cooked? That's what you're getting when you come over here. We're going to pray about the steak. 
it is coming. All right, so let's get back to. All right, so number one, we said flesh and blood won't inherit, so we must learn the family business. Matthew uh, chapter 11 is a familiar uh, scripture, and we have to do this every day, folks. We have to be in learning mode with God every single day. I'm so thankful that God is teaching me more how to pay attention to him and what he's doing in my life every single day. I was I was uh, uh, trying to figure out one of the one of the something was alarming in my house, you know, and bells going off and stuff, and, and you know, it, it looks like a, a Fort Fort Knox. A certain person put cameras up in every. I got cameras on. I don't know if I could. I said, "Can I take a shower around here?" I don't even know if it's a camera. There are cameras everywhere. And alarms everywhere. So one of the alarms, the one that doesn't really work the door anymore, started banging and going and going. No, it was a furnace. That's what it was. The furnace was going off. And I kept fumbling with the little plate. And I said, oh, God, I don't want to tear nothing up. And I want to do this. And I moved it. And it fell down. And there was a thing to put the batteries in, Barb. Huh? Now, God could not have told me in a 100 years, instruction-wise, how to do that? Because I'm up on the ceiling screaming, that boy left me over here with all this stuff and I don't know how to work it. That was what's. And so anyway, the thing falls off. I said, oh, that's where the batteries are, you know, to turn, change the batteries, huh? So I'm learning. You understand what I'm saying? I'm learning to ask God little things I never thought would be that important. Uh, When the the camps were living there, if I lost my glasses, what did I do? Everybody in the house had to come find them. And I said, God, I got to start finding my own glasses even. And sure enough, whenever they're missing, my eyes will go somewhere and there they are. I'm learning of Jesus' ways, folks. The most important thing is not about my glasses, even though, you know, I got a bunch of them laying around somewhere. If I'll find them one day, you know what I'm saying? But it's about learning of him. Matthew 11:29. take my yoke upon me and learn of me. Amen. My yoke is easy, my burden is light, I'm meek and lowly at heart. In other words, God is not hard to get him to show you stuff. It's, I mean, even though it may be a blessing and a revelation to us, he wants to do that all the time, every step of the way. And he wants to do it supernaturally so that we will know he's with us and he's showing us these things. And yeah, we get excited about it. And yeah, we give him a praise and we need to. But this is his normal way of his children living every day. We shouldn't be sitting up angry and frustrated because we can't get to something right away. Because if we will receive that he already has it for us and get his peace, peacefully he will lead us to what it is that we need. And nothing's ever missing in God's kingdom. I remember, I, you know, I, I uh, had bought a ring. I 
wanted to buy rings for, have rings for all of the, the nieces, you know, this nieces that helped me in the Lord. I don't know what the rest of them queens would do with You know, I'll wait a minute, folks. Now, let's just get real here. You leave things to responsible people. These girls sit under the word all the time. You understand what I'm saying? They, it, you know, well, anyway, that's another story. But one of them I wear on my pinky, and I it was missing one day. And I thought, oh, Lord. You know, what? And you know, if you file a claim in your insurance, you forget it. They jack you up so high, you just, you might as well leave town and you know what I'm saying. So I said, well, Lord, I know you know where it is and I trust you to bring it back for me. And one day I was, I had my hand, I was putting my hand down in one of my bags looking for something that probably wasn't there. You know, the bag's so full of stuff. I haven't emptied some of them bags in 20 years. But I'm running my hand down in there for old time's sake looking for something. Lo and behold, what's down there? The ring. You got me? If you will, you have a covenant of peace with God, he promises to keep you in peace about everything. That's your covenant. He promised you, you don't have to be upset. I won't work you over. I won't keep you in the dark so that you're nervous all the time. He said, you can be peaceful. You can act like you got it before you got it. Amen. You can act like it's yours before it's yours. And you and it will be real to you. It's not a put on. It's a real thing that swells up out of your heart. My peace is always with you. You're not anxious about anything. So he says, when you start to learn of me, you'll understand that I do things in peace. Frantic people will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you're all wound up and scared and crazy and running here, there, and everywhere and asking people if they know this and that, then you're never going to get anything from God. You know, people get on the Internet looking up diseases. I'm thinking to myself, why are you looking up something you don't have? Well, you just trying to have some fun with, with what sinners have? You understand what I'm saying? None of the diseases. I mean, none of them. Huh? Well, sometimes it's good to have, it ain't good to have that kind of, well, sometimes it's good to have information about that you're healed. And that's all you need to know about it. And that's all you ever need to know about it. Well, I was just checking to see, you ain't seeing nothing. That's not for you. That is R-rated, X-rated, not for a Christian. Google that. I mean, you got to treat that just like something, you know, something, some, uh, you know, what's that stuff? Pornography. That's what that is. That's health porn. And you ain't allowed to, you ain't allowed to read it. You didn't know about no diseases for you ain't getting them. The blood of Jesus won't let you have them. I don't care how many symptoms they string together on you. You ain't getting no disease. I've seen Christians run to the doctor. Well, they keep saying they can't find nothing. I said, it's because you don't have anything. You're healed. They don't pay no attention to me. They keep running to doctors. Well, they still say, I don't have, it's because you don't have nothing. 
some people you can't talk them out of their misery. They want it anyway. See, they'll be like the woman with the issue of blood. Pretty soon they run out of money or run out, just feel stupid running back to the doctor. Or the doctor start running from them. When they do that, they're doing you a favor. Number two, you have to learn how to manage your inheritance. First, give God what belongs to him. Give him the first of what you get. Give to him first. I triple dog, double dog dare you to try it. Stop being scared that you won't have enough for you. And be bold and be brave and have faith and confidence and give him his first. Amen. Now some people live a little differently. They, they're people who live by, um, assignment of of things that they have in their lives you understand what i'm saying they they have it mentally set aside for god and god can trust them like that and he still blesses them so i don't want people to get legalistic about if i don't write that check first pastor bob say i'll never tell you you cursed because you're not and y'all don't believe that junk no way because you live like you don't think you curse so y'all are living testimony y'all living it up Huh? Enjoying all the covenant blessings. But if you're that type person, be faithful. You got me? But, but I think it's best probably just to go ahead and give it up. Number one, it shows your faith. Amen. You wait too long, there won't be much faith on what you do. And so God will honor your heart and what you have in your heart. God, I want to give this to you first. Because you are God and your word says that we're to offer our first to him. You need to learn what type of activities in your life foster maturity. Consistency always fosters maturity. Whatever you do, be consistent with it. Don't let God have to come find you. Huh? Well, I didn't know we had to do this all the time. Do you breathe every day? Well, you have to offer something to God. Make your body a living sacrifice every day. Huh? We have to learn how to be on time with God at all times because we're expecting him to be on time with us. And God will teach us these things. Impatience leads to debt. I'm going to say it again. This is why a lot of people have money problems in their marriage. Huh? You're either impatient to get married, impatient for things after you get married, impatient for something. You got me? And it will always lead you into debt. Many people don't want to wait for, for incidental things in their lives. I'm not talking about things that are necessary. You know, a car, buy your car on time. So you can get to work. You understand what I'm saying? But look for a good low interest rate. Or if you can, buy a car that you don't have to take payments on. It's no sin to buy a car that's how old is my car? <laughs> 12 years old. And it's new to me. Huh? See, I have a covenant with God. My stuff going to work no matter what. Or he ain't going to bring it in my, he ain't going to bring me no, he ain't going to bring me no job. I ain't scared of that kind. 
See, people go there, oh, you got to buy new because you might get a lemon. I don't have no lemons coming in my garage. Huh? I got vehicles. I don't have no lemons, folks. I don't believe God for lemons. I don't, I don't believe he would do that to me. If I work my thing and, and patiently work the work that I know to work with God, by the time it gets there, it's 100% right. And I haven't been overcharged for it either. Huh? I could have paid more for it, but I ain't doing it. Huh? I'm not doing it. Got too much other stuff I can use money on. It sits there and looks at me most days anyway because I'm too lazy to go shopping. I do everything online. Number two, maturity. Maturity means you know how to listen, to seek, and obey the voice of wisdom when it speaks to you. Even if it's your pastor or your parents. And sometimes your kids. Huh? Maturity seeks the word for answers. You don't need a consensus from anybody. Number three, number four is discipline. You have to discipline yourself to walk in the spirit at all times. Be aware of what God is saying to you, what he's showing you. Involve all of the fruit of the spirit, not just the ones that are easy for you or easy to fake. Let me put it that way. Number five, you must have wise use of your abilities. Devote everything you have gift and talent wise to God's kingdom. That's the best investment. You can't give too much to God's kingdom. Keep it in the kingdom, folks. Just keep it in the kingdom. And learn to give. Giving and receiving are primary kingdom principles. Besides love, giving and receiving are kingdom principles. Live by understanding. If you want God to send you something, you got to send something out. Don't be a beggar. Don't be a pauper. But be a wise servant of God. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for blessing your people with knowledge and wisdom and faith and understanding, Lord. Build us up in your holy fruit. Build us up in the things that we need to be successful in this earth. Build us up, Lord, to be wise stewards of your manifold wisdom, your grace, and your power and your love. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, the Lord's been speaking to me about peace versus anxiety. There's some things that God wants you to get settled and not be shaky about them, not be uncertain. Um, If that's you, make sure you come up for prayer. But he wants us to be settled, established, confident faithful people. Amen. So if there's some things that still trouble you, you come up and get prayer. Amen.